You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season three, episode three. It's been about a month now. Um, Tito, how uh, how's everything been? Uh it's been pretty good. I mean, considering uh, where we were probably, you know, about, uh, you know, a month ago with the lockout and, and having talked, you know, we thought it was going to be over in February. And here we are, um, yeah, March 14th, uh, just as the college basketball tournament's about to begin. And, uh, you know, we have baseball and I, I know a lot of fans are probably still upset with with the owners and maybe even some of the players, but uh, probably more the, more of the owners. But I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, people are just, you know, fed up with it and they want to uh, just get back to baseball. And, and thankfully we have that. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you that uh, I know the past week was very, you know, it was up and down. It was up and down. Um, everyone was frustrated and I know it was just, it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting for, for everybody because, you know, as soon as we thought news was going to break, it slowed down. Finally, they got into it and got things settled and um, everybody's at spring training and we are less than a month from uh, the first game of the season in St. Louis. So, um, you know, let's, Let's jump right into this bad boy. Uh, where, where do you want to start us off tonight? Yeah, you know, I, I think you and I talked earlier, you know, this afternoon when we were kind of discussing where we wanted to go with tonight. And I think one thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, an article I sent to you uh, uh, from Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch talking about some questions for the, for the St. Louis Cardinals leading into spring training and, you know, obviously uh, furthermore into the season. And I, I kind of briefly talked about these, some of these questions, you know, in my little shotgun party to celebrate uh, MLB coming back. But I, I think the first question uh, from Derek Gould's piece uh, um, is a very, uh, you know, one of at least at least one of the questions I wanted to talk about was was starting pitching and where was it going to be? Where were people healthy? If they are healthy, you know, what's what's their pitch count going to be? And I think Derek essentially is saying the same thing I was is, um, you know, there's a lot of questions as to as to what the health of these pitchers are, how far can they go? What's the timetable to get them ready? So I was curious as to what you thought, you know, what are your questions leading into the, the season for starting pitching for the Cardinals? I mean, I would assume, you know, my, <clears throat> my assumption would be that most of these guys have been getting ramped up, especially, you know, with the, the talks and everything like that. I would assume that everybody has been in some sort of or fashion getting ready for the start of spring training, especially knowing that it would be shortened. Um, so of course, you know, they run into the situation today with Alex Reyes, which could be, it could be a little rough, of course, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, other than that, I don't, like I said, I think everybody's probably already been stretching, getting ready, throwing some balls around. Um, so, but of course there's always concern because they've got more time generally to get ready and all that before, um, spring training game start and i mean like i said we are we're a month away from baseball to start well and and i think it also speaks to the moves that the cardinals have been making over the last couple days i mean you've seen i think what the last three moves they've made have been pitchers um which tells me that well one they're trying to learn from their mistakes from last year of not getting enough pitching depth um and getting, you know, good available arms off the market. Uh, but the first move that they make is a bullpen piece, right? Um, they sign, uh, sign somebody to be in the bullpen. He can actually function as um, a bullpen, uh, like kind of middle inning to kind of bridge gap between starters and, and later into the bullpen, or he could even make a spot start. Um, that tells me that depth is a high, high, high priority for the Cardinals, 
Um, and then obviously, as you say, you know, with the news of Alex Reyes going down, uh, well, I shouldn't even say going down. We don't really know what the full extent of it is, but he's having some discomfort, obviously. Um, he said it wasn't, he wasn't too concerned about it, but then again, this is Alex Reyes. We're talking about with, you know, in his history of injuries, uh, coming into play. And, and I'm wondering if that truly, uh, truly is a, a bluff when he says I'm not too concerned. Yeah. I mean, it's, of course it's concerning because, you know, he's, I mean, he did some work for us in the bullpen last year, so it's going to be concerning somewhat. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point in time, but yeah, I think that's what our, I think we lost a lot of last year later on in the season was our bullpen stamina. So I have yeah. no issues with them going and getting some arms and I mean, look at them, see what they can do and see if they can get anything done. Um, but I mean, what? let's just jump right into that first question that you brought to my attention because yeah. we're going to step away from Cardinals here soon to move on to other news. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's the big one that's looming around uh, the Cardinals right now. Um, that is let – me, let me get it pulled up actually because it's, uh, it's pulling – oh, okay. It's doing one of those things where I have to digitally subscribe <laughs> to keep reading. So I can't even see it anymore. Is there any way you can pull it up? You have to just. Dis- yeah. I have to subscribe to the St. STL today to actually pull it up. So we may not even get to these questions. So that's well, no, What was the question that the guy tweeted at you? Oh, that question. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so my bad. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Lucas Smith. Um, he actually asked a question to us and his question essentially was if we had to wave a magic wand today and it was between Albert Pujols, uh, Trevor Story or Kyle Schwarber, who are we signing and why? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to let you take the floor and then I'll, I'll follow that up. Um, I mean, it look, honestly, if you're, it just depends where you're trying to attack. I mean, if you're just solely going for DH and I mean, he's rough at first base um, can play the outfield, I guess. And was a catcher at one point in time, but I guess you go with Schwarber at that point in time. But I mean, you have to look at guys like Newt Barr and Gorman at some point in time as well. So, I mean, of course everybody wants Trevor story. That wouldn't be bad because I think there's still a lot of question marks around our shortstops at this time. And um you know, I think he does fill that gap. So, I mean, I, I truly think that if they're trying to work out a deal for Trevor Story or Trevor Story is going to sign a deal with St. Louis, it's probably going to be like a one-year deal. Um, I don't have a problem with any of them. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if I just had to pick one, I would probably have to go with Trevor Story. Yeah, and, and I actually am going to agree with you 100% on that. But I'm going to approach it in a different way. I think you, and you say it, you, you did say this particular part, it's about priority, it's about need. Um, Albert Pujols, while yes, it would be a, a magical signing, I think a lot of people want Albert Pujols just because of nostalgia reasons, unless you're some out there that really just are sick and tired of quote unquote nostalgia. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, Bill DeWitt also wants to put wants to put butts in seats um so he's got to do what he's got to do and at the same time our pools in st louis potentially chasing 700 home runs uh, i you know that would be uh, pretty majestic in my opinion but he's not he's not the priority he would not be the priority it'd be nice but it's not the priority so then i move on to kyle schwarber and i think about the needs of the team Left-handed power hitter can be versatile in different situations if you need to put him in the outfield or if you needed a true, you know, an emergency backstop catcher. Um, And then if you maybe even get him at first base uh, and and maybe platoon and give Goldie a day off, that's certainly on the table. That will cost you also a lot of money. 
Um, I think Kyle Schwarber is not somebody that's going to take a one-year deal. And I think that's where the difference between these two, those last two are in, in Kyle Schwarber and Trevor Story. Trevor Story fits an obvious need for the Cardinals, which would be an obvious upgrade um, throughout the lineup. Defensively, I'm not so sure. I think DeYoung and Sosa probably have the upper hand on Trevor Story defensively, but would his bat make up for that defensive inability? And I think the answer would resoundingly be yes, but a lot of people are, are very skeptical of Trevor Story away from uh, uh, Coors Field, much like they were Nolan Arenado. But I think the, the, the issue here is, is where is the need? Do the Cardinals already have a DH potentially? Yes. Do they need to spend a bunch of money on a DH? No. So in my opinion, the best value between Trevor Story, Ira Pujols, and Kyle Schwarber lies within Trevor Story solely based on the Cardinals' need. Mm -hmm. That's how I would see it. I would love to see the other two on the team, but there's not room for both of them. Yeah. Well, I think I think they do for sure need to solidify the bench this year. I know that was a huge weak point last year to the point mm-hmm. where you know you're like, well, I guess we're gonna have to go to X player right now and see what they can do in the bottom of the eighth. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they can get us over the hump here. And you know, I mean, <clears throat> at that point in time, do you look at somebody like an Albert Pools? Because then he's he's your backup first baseman at that point in time. Um, smash is left-handed hitting. I mean, if the if the deal is good, if the deal is good, you almost have to get it done. Not only if just for nostalgia, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't get anything else done at the time, I mean. <clears throat> I, and I also think with here here's the thing about our pools. He also has to want to come back to St. Louis. It's not just yeah. a hey, St. Louis is here for you if you want to do it. Like he needs to want to be here. He has to be able to and willing to accept the role that is going to be given to him. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't just go to Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Dodgers and do exactly what we're asking him to do now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I find it hard that he wouldn't want to do that, especially in, in a place he would be able to call home. Um, I think the, the, the issue with Alvin Pujols is, is that if he has the ability to go somewhere else, make a little bit more money and get more at bats, like he probably wants, then that's certainly more appealing than St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I think the front office has to be up front, not only with the fans and the Cardinals, and I think they have been with the fans just a tiny bit, um, but they have to be up front with Albert and say, look, here's the deal. We are not going to, you know, you're not going to get, you know, 500, 600 plate appearances, and I'm not sure what team would do that, but you're not going to get that here. What we can promise you is opportunity, uh, against left-handed pitching, again, you know, in spot situations where we need a bat to come in uh, and be a, a steady ship. I mean, here's the thing: what if you know, what if they roll with Juan Yepes and Juan Yepes gets off to a terrible start? Mm-hmm. Well, what are mean, they, who who are they going to turn to at that point? Yeah, Nolan Gorman, who is an average guy, which they have throughout the lineup. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of different moving parts here that that could be uh, in effect if Albert Pujols were to come to the Cardinals. Yeah, they just don't have many right now. They don't have many guys that are um, uh, major league, not ready necessarily, but have put in much time in the majors uh, in turn, you know, which it could not be devastating necessarily, but it could be uh, kind of frustrating for fans because just like Carlson, just like Carlson, everybody's like, everybody, oh, he sucks, he sucks, you know, and it's just, it's exhausting because they expect these guys to come up and start raking. And I can tell you firsthand, that Gorman struggled for a while in Springfield last year. And, um, you know, but I mean, once he got in the groove, he was unstoppable. So, um, yeah, I, th- I do think they need veteran types, a couple on the bench at least, because, you know, Kisner's going to be around unless they make a move sending him elsewhere. But, uh, I mean, regardless, you're going to have a young catch or not a young catcher, but you need some, some veterans on the, uh, on the bench to put us over, if you will. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and back to Trevor's story, because I think that is where a lot of a lot of focus has been because of the news that's coming out. The Cardinals are interested in Trevor's story alongside the twins. Uh, it's an it's an obvious fit for the Cardinals. I, I know, you know, we can 
you know, push this as far as it can go, but there's obvious interest between the Cardinals and Trevor story. I think Nolan Arenado is probably doing a little, uh, um, recruiting, uh, Matt holiday might be doing a little bit of recruiting. Um, but it all depends on, on what Trevor story is looking for. Is he looking for a multi-year deal right now? Look, there's, there's, you know, less than a month to go before the season starts. Mm-hmm. If I'm Trevor story at this point, I want to get on a team Absolutely. ASAP and get some reps in Mm -hmm. because by the time April, you know, before he knows it, April 7th is going to be here and it's going to be very, very difficult to get, you know, fast tracked onto a team. Um, At the same time, um, what is he willing to accept? You talked about it and I talked about it as well last week. And that was a one-year deal. Is he willing to take a one-year deal, maybe a little bit less money than he would make if he got multi-years? Or even maybe just about the same, but just to get his feet wet into a city where, you know, maybe he values winning more than we think and says, you know what, I want to be here long term. So I'm willing to negotiate this a little bit because, you know, baseball has become so much about what have you done for me Mm -hmm. lately that uh, we no longer do the what can you do for me in the future? It's what have you done for me? So in his in his case taking a one-year deal might make sense in order to, uh, like I said, get his feet wet in St. Louis and say, here's what I can do for you. And Absolutely. Well, I don't it. think it hurts anybody. I think no, you- I don't think so either. Not, not on a one-year deal, not no. for the Cardinals. No, mm-hmm. no. And, and, and Arenado can say, Hey, you know, come play one year, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't really hurt us any. Um, and if he shows out, he shows out. Right. It boosts his stock. He can test for agency again next year. Well, there, it's just a win situation, and it, 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 yeah, uh, and I think there, there's one, there's one big thing that I think is flying under the radar. Somebody brought it up the other night, and I thought to myself, boy, that's a very, very, very telling sign where this could go, and that the Cardinals' payroll from last year to this year, this year, is still missing about. Uh, 20, 30 million off the, off the payroll. So do I think that there's a splash waiting to be made? Possibly. I could see it happening, but I think, you know, in order to make that kind of a trade, I'm going to say probably the obvious, but I really, really think you have to consider trading Paul DeYoung. I think it has to be done. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in another shortstop, there's no room for him at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that um, that would be the right move. But well, and and what's difficult though is like you keep reading, and I know you've probably seen it too. We just keep continuously reading about how you know they're gonna stick with the young. The young is gonna get the opportunity, and we've seen this in the past. They did it with Dexter Fowler, um, and so we're we're now seeing it play out real time. In, in Paul DeYoung. But then I go back to what they did with Nolan Arenado and, you know, <laughs> where they were saying, well, Matt Carpenter's our third baseman Matt today. Carpenter's our guy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, you know what? He's actually not our guy because we got Nolan Arenado now. So um, am I putting a lot of stock into what they're saying? No. But then I've gotten accustomed to looking at what Derek Gould writes and um, and how he interprets things and then how he likes to say, see, I told you so very cryptically in my tweets, you know, from 30 years ago um, <laughs> and, and say, and he has been saying like, you know, they're giving the young the benefit of the doubt here. Um, so I'm very, very, you know, like cautioned with this Trevor story talk as much as I want it to happen, because I think he instantly makes the team very, very formidable for, for many years to come. Um, but I just don't know. Well, and you got to think too, as well, that, that uh, everybody knows that it's likely the last season for, from Wayno and for Yadier Molina. So you mm-hmm. would think that they would be pushing towards going all in this year, mm-hmm. winning mm-hmm. the one more title to go out on top. So, um, but do you have anything else more on the Cardinals right now? We can move on. I know we said we weren't going to talk about this long. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think we we've we've kind of said what we needed to say about about where um, some questions are headed. I, and I think uh, you know we'll we'll still get into 
some of the other stuff later because I, I had some some back and forth with people on Twitter uh, based on 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 relative news in NL Central, and I think we we can get to that now. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, let, let's let's be real. Over the past. 24, 48 hours, the free yeah. agent signings and trades have been falling out of the sky. <laughs> Josh Donaldson nice. going to New York. Gary Sanchez going back for the in the that deal for to the twins. You know, you got the trade to Seattle for Eugenio Suarez and uh Jesse Winkler. Um you got don't forget Matt Olson to the Braves. Matt Olson to the Braves. Andrew McCutcheon signed with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. I mean, and holy smokes. And like I told you earlier today, like I think it's going to be a huge week. I mean, you still got the names of Carlos Correa, Anthony Rizzo, who I heard just a little bit ago that he wants to play with the Yankees. Yankees want him, which I think in turn that makes Luke Voigt available. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Um you know, and well, it would take Freddie Freeman out of their market too. And if that's the case, you might as well write the check to Los Angeles Dodgers right now. Yeah. I mean, and you got Freeman, you got Schwarber, you got Story. There's just so many big names still out there. And I'm sure the trades aren't done either. I mean, it's going to mm-hmm. be a busy week because, like we said, it is cooking closer and closer mm-hmm. to opening day. But um, yeah. one thing that I know me and you wanted to discuss was uh, the situation with uh, fernando tatis yeah Woo. <laughs> uh, here's the thing when the news comes out that he fractured his wrist you know in my you know immediately i thought to myself like okay so he fractured his wrist maybe he got hurt in practice or he did something you know on a swing or something like that but then to to find out that it was an actual motorcycle incident I mean, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't, and I don't want to take away from him. He can ride a motorcycle all he yeah, wants, you but like, if people's freedoms, but at the same no. time, man, you gotta think a little bit, you know? I mean, you just look back on some of these cases where people have gotten injured, you know, have passed away. Well, not necessarily passed away. I mean, that's a little rough to say, but, you know, looking at things like, incidents outside of the game where it could have been avoid avoidable um mm-hmm. i mean who was it right before the playoffs a few years back somebody cut themselves and it's like geez man yeah yeah be I, I, yeah um but you're yeah. right you're right you 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 have this contract in hand and you just gotta you're 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 fragile and and tatis is fragile already let's be mm-hmm. real um he's a good ball player but now he's out up to three months with a yeah, team I mean, already struggling in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways from last year was that moment or that picture where Manny Machado and Tatis are arguing, and you can visibly see Machado telling him to like get, you know, to get over it. Um, and I, you know, and I think, you know, there's even audio of that. I'm pretty sure that he's just telling him like, move on. Like, go, let's go. We need you to be, you know, get your head in this game. And I mean, then I then I think about that moment. Then I fast forward it to this injury. And then I, I even tweeted, you know, I sent you the tweet where this happened. And this was from Jesse Rogers because uh, Chicago for ESPN. He said, probably not a great thing when Fernando Tatis was asked when his motorcycle accident happened. He responded, which one? Yeah. What is that? Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, he's a great player and he's a generational talent. But what is that? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, but that that to me is somebody that is reckless. Yep. And, and not that he doesn't care because I know he cares, but that's a that's reckless to me because he's essentially saying like, oh yeah, I, you know, I don't have a problem riding my motorcycle. And again. I don't have a problem him riding a motorcycle either. But if I know I'm going to be playing baseball here soon, I'm going to take care of my body. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I'm not making, you know, uh, not necessarily stupid choices, but I want to make sure I'm making the right choice. Yeah, you have to. And then all of a sudden you're going to say, well, which one? <laughs> which implies that he's had at least more than one. Yeah. How many? Because honestly, to fracture a wrist, 
probably multiple injuries have happened then. Well, but that, that could, that could ruin your career. And you look at things in the aspect of, especially lockout situations like they were just in, where do you draw the line in the sand to say, where do you draw the line in the sand to say, you know, if there's significant injury while this is going on, the club has to know. I mean, I understand, you know, that there's no contact, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, to delay. <laughs> to well, delay why couldn't the- somebody else tell the team? Correct. Why and couldn't somebody else tell the team? Because they may that have. Was, and that was, well, that, I don't know. That's not how I interpreted it. Because when he was asked about, you know, why did, you know, did he tell the team? He said, well, the lockout made it difficult to do that. You mean to tell me that you can't tell your dad? <laughs> hey, by the way, dad, go ahead and tell them you're not an employee. You're not a player. Yep. You can go. Well, you can tell them that this happened, but yeah. I can't. And well, l- let's parallel this this Tati situation with the the shit that that they had to do with Otani's interpreter. Right. I mean, good grief. Yeah. No, no I I, 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 so I agree. It is silly, but but it's the way the world works. Absolutely. I I, and, I get that. Yeah, I, I just, I just, uh, last thing I'll say on, on this subject is that I, I just, you know, I hope he recovers well and I hope he, he's able to come back as healthy as he, as he started out his career because the, the game, the game needs him. Much like Acuna. Yes. The game needs it. The game needs him. Yes. And I saw that video of Ronald Acuna where he apparently hits a mammoth home run and he just shouts, I'm back. And I'm like, that's awesome. Can't wait to see him play. I've got tickets to see the the Braves, and I hope he he's healthy enough to be able to be at uh, Bush Stadium when they come see when they come see the Cardinals. Absolutely. But but if you are a generational talent like this, there is some responsibility with that. Mm-hmm. You were just handed out a three hundred plus million dollar deal. There is some responsibility with that, and I'm sure the team is telling him that right now. <laughs> but you, as a player, have to know that. You have to know those boundaries and you have to be able to distinguish, um, you know, what's what's good and what's not. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, I agree fully. I mean, we yeah. you, you got you got to protect your assets, you know? Yeah. I mean, that there's no reason not to. And then I, you know, I, I, I guess not the last thing I'll say, but I did see this that were where I think, you know, I, I think it was either John Morosi or some of the riders were talking about how the the you know the Padres were not going to seek to void his contract because of the motorcycle accident and I'm like of course they're not why would you do that wouldn't that be wild <laughs> I mean that would be wild but like what at what what did the Padres have to gain with that yeah you, they literally I mean, gained nothing by voiding that contract because why would why at that point would Fernando Tatis Jr. say you know what I want to even though you're voiding my contract I'm going to come back and sign with you that makes no sense to me that's true. So That's true. they gained nothing with that. So I, I think people I had initially started talking about that. It's like, eh, it nice try, have, but that ain't, that ain't happening. May have just been word that, you know, you need to quit messing around, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, it makes no that. sense. No Let, let's let's go. Let's move on to to the NL Central moves, because I think that's that's that was a huge telling sign, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Reds are dumping everybody. The Reds <laughs> are dumping everybody. Uh, I, yeah, I think, in my opinion, there one of the funniest things I've seen today is the comment made by, um, I guess, the GM of uh, of the Reds. His name is Nick Crawl, right? Um, and I've got to pull up the quote because it was it was something where I just honestly I couldn't believe it. Um, and I think that um, maybe it was uh, Trent Rose, Rosecrans that, that tweeted it out. But let me get to it real quick because um, it was a pretty interesting uh, uh, thing here. Let me see. Do, do, do. Oh, Tito, what's your problem? Can you answer that, Dingy? What's my problem? There's too much. There's too much. That's right. There's a lot. I mean, 
Um, gosh, dang it. It's, it was a pretty, pretty good uh, tweet. And, and mainly because it just sums up, you know, I think how a lot of people. Well, uh, this feeling, is, okay, here I guess, I guess while you're looking, I'll, I'll say this. I thought about this. Yeah, go for it. Ago. You know, it's kind of funny how the Cardinals have remained relevant. They've remained relevant for a long time. Ooh, you know, I've got they, something to say about that. They've had their their seasons where they haven't won or haven't been in the playoffs, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at the collapses around them. I mean, every team, every other team in the central has had to rebuild. St. Louis's rebuild, or if you will call it a rebuild, is like a is like a moving rebuild. You know, they continue where they are, even getting in the playoffs still, and subtracting, adding, subtracting, adding, and they just don't they don't have to go all in and sell everything and like many of these clubs have done you know you look at the pirates you remember when the pirates and reds were relevant i know in the playoffs that one year you mean a night in the 1970s shit yeah (laughs) you look at the cubs who sold everything last july Mm -hmm. and you know the brewers have had their off times too but all in all i mean things have never not I mean, we've never seen the Cardinals just in a, in a in a full-on rebuild, and I think that speaks volumes. And I know people hate John Mosellock and whatnot, but at the same time, you know, I mean, it speaks volumes, and I don't think it gets enough attention. It doesn't get enough credit. Correct, yeah. Uh, and I found what I was going to say. Here, here is – it's Mark Sheldon. Um, he's a red. He's the Reds beat reporter for MLB.com. He goes on to say that Crawl also said the Reds are not – are not in a rebuild and plan to explore additions via free agency market. What? I'm not kidding you when I, I'm, I'm literally reading it. And here's what I have to say about that bullshit. That's a bunch of bullshit. We all know it. He mm-hmm. knows it. And you have to do whatever you can to, to lip lip service as, as much as you can. I, I totally understand that. And actually I respect him for it. I get it. But here's the thing. If it's not a rebuild, then why are you selling off Jesse Winker? Uh-huh. I can understand Eugenio Suarez. He's not that good. Sure, he had a, a year where he popped off and hit all those home runs, but he sucks defensively. He strikes out too much. I don't, I, I don't have a problem them moving him, but Jesse Winker? Dude was hitting 351 against the Cardinals. Yeah, he was. He was he pretty much killing everybody last year until he got hurt. He was a tank, and and you and you and you want to move him? Well, I don't. I don't know what screams rebuild more than moving Jesse Winker, moving Sonny Gray. I know Gray is not the best pitcher in the world, but at least he gave you an arm. Yeah, who are they going to bring up? Well, here the Hunter Green is ready, but no, not that that's okay. going to make a big difference. Okay, <laughs> not anymore. At least you know you lost you lost Tucker Barnhart. Jesse Winker's gone. Eugenio Suarez is gone. You know, one of the best tweets today I saw was uh, that they needed to trade Joey Votto next because he doesn't deserve it. And I fully agree. Oh, yeah. He needs, see, he should, he needs to go to a a team that's going to win him a title. I mean, Joey Votto is one of those assholes of the game, but at the same time, man, he, he deserves, I think he's one of those guys that just deserves a ring. You know, honestly, and before you even said anything about Anthony Rizzo, I honestly would love to see him as a New York Yankee. I really do. Uh, As much as I, you know, despise the Yankees because of, you know, what they do. um, And and my dad's a Yankees fan too, so I've got a little rift there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he fits well with the Yankees. Short right field porch. He doesn't have to do much. He, he's a great, he's an excellent hitter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, can play defense as well. I, I, I think the Yankees would benefit from somebody like Joey Votto on their team. As much as Anthony Rizzo is, is great as well, I, I really do. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Put him in. I there. could see it. I could 100% see that. Put him over there. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at with the, the red making these moves is something I said, you know, earlier today 
um, and that kind of exploded on me um, was that you have the Pirates in full rebuild mode. You now have the Cincinnati Reds in full rebuild mode. Um, and you have the Cubs, even though there's one Cubs PA announcer who says that they're not in a rebuild, but they are in a rebuild mode. You have two a two horse race now between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I, and this is how I put it. And I said it just like this, that I normally do not mind Mo being cautious with his toys. I don't, but I am now, and you, this is March 14th, 2022. I have put my flag into the go for broke territory. Now that those three teams are officially in rebuild mode. And I am now staking my claim that now is Mosellock's time to stop with this, you know, cautiousness and gamble. And take this division while it's there because they can beat the Brewers. We saw it last year. Oh, yeah. Now you got to put the pieces together and say, I'm going to win this division and give myself the best chance I can heading into the postseason. Yeah, you have to. And I think, I think now, I mean, you, you, with them expanding playoffs, you know, you have to, you have to take it and you have to run with it. And I think it's important. So build your build, get you another bat, get your DH settled, and you know take the division early, knock knock every other team out, get them out of the way, and let's 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 win this damn thing. Yeah, I, I, there's no reason for it. So then I'm going to bring this back to the point you were making because I said I had uh, something to say about this. I totally agree with you that credit needs to be given where it's due. Here's my issue with certain Cardinal fans is they will never admit to that. They won't. And the only reason why is because they want the now they want to win right now. Mm -hmm. And I have said it before you and I have talked about this before where it, what matters is it is very difficult to get to the postseason in general. We talked about it last year. I mean, think about it. It's hard enough to win one game at times. Then you take it to three. Then you get to five. Five becomes 10, and all of a sudden you hit 17 straight games. You think that's easy? No. They had to to literally had to do that just to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So my point being is, is, yes, at times it is very frustrating not to win. And yes, we have not won a World Series title since 2011, and we've had multiple chances. And we've had teams that probably should have won the World Series 2013, possibly 2014 if they if the manager doesn't make a boneheaded move. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are always competitive. Uh-huh. And yes, you can call it homerism, optimism. I don't really give a shit. I don't care what you call it. It's the truth. It's the truth. The Cardinals are who they are because they always have something out there that can win. It's a winning product. It's a winning formula. Oh, well, Tito, that means they don't have any reason to do anything. That's They can just stand pat. You're absolutely right. And this is exactly what somebody brought up to me from my tweet. And, I'm, and I guess it's a good transition. That somebody says, well, it, it's it's they can stand pat. They can do nothing else because they know that division sucks and they have a better chance of just, you know, coasting through. Well, guess what? No, they don't because Andrew McCutcheon just signed with the Milwaukee Brewers and that makes them a better team. So the Brewers recognize that they are going to have to get better because guess what? The Cardinals will too. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I hope absolutely. Yeah, we need to. We absolutely have to. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, like, and, and I told this guy, his name on Twitter is Bruce Dolly uh, Tolly. I hope I'm saying it right. Sorry, Bruce. Uh, but here, here's the thing. You know, when he says it's just a reason to stand pat, I, I just don't, I don't see it that way. I don't, I completely disagree. And the reason I say that is because of what happened last year. You cannot possibly convince me that the team literally is looking at this year seeing all this shit play out and saying, you know what, if we do what we did last year, that's going to work for us again. 
It can't be. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's not logical thinking because 17 in a row is a lot of wins. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. And and here's the other thing. Somebody else said something about, well, the, the Cardinals are not even close to the Brewers. I'm like, what are you talking about? The Cardinals went into the into uh, American Fit Me, whatever it's called now. I'm going to call it uh, uh, whatever it's called. Miller Park. Still? Miller Park. Oh, yeah, oh, it's still oh. Miller Park to me. I don't care what it's called. American Value or Family Value Field, whatever. Um, dollar Field. <laughs> fairy Dollar Field, whatever. Katie, Katie can tell us. Katie can tell uh-huh. us. Oh, um, <laughs> um, they went into in, into the Brewers' uh, home park and won four straight off them in the middle of a playoff chase. You don't think the Cardinals are ready for them? You don't think they can beat them? Here's one thing that I think needs to be talked about, too, is I can almost guarantee regression from their starters. I mean, oh, yes. I don't, I don't anticipate those to hold up. Those numbers were outrageous. But even if they, even if they are pretty close or, you know, pretty good, the Cardinals can still beat them because they were still good last year and they beat them. Oh, absolutely. and we saw that happen, but then this is what I'm talking about. It, like the Cardinals saw what happened to them last year. The players experienced what happened to them last year. Don't tell me just because that they see the division getting weaker doesn't mean that they won't do anything. Like if they don't do something, then yeah, every, every fan has a right to be upset. Every fan has a right to be upset if they don't do something, given what is happening in the division. They need to put action into words. Uh-huh. You know, Ali Marmol said it today. Not, anything short of a World Series is disappointment. Sure. You know, that's somehow that's that's going to be how some people approach it. And I'm sure John Mosellox is thinking, you know what? That sounds nice, but it's not that easy. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not easy to win your division. You have to go out there and make it happen. So this is why I'm saying I'm putting my flag in this position. They need to go for broke and get this done, which means, unfortunately, you may have to fork up some money and go get Trevor Story or go get a Kyle Schwarber to get that done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you want to talk a little March Madness before we hang up the cleats for the night? Ooh, you know I'm ready for this. I, I've been ready for this. Last week was an absolute love- disaster. Oh, I mean, here's, here's the thing, and I'm glad we, we can actually transition to this because with – you know, the game starting tomorrow um, and then bigger games Thursday, Friday. After watching the conference tournaments, I, I just have to say this. College basketball is, is so superior to the NBA, in my opinion, and it's not even close. It's just not even close. Yeah. Not for well, me. I, uh, I mean, I had money on it all. There was a day, there was a day last week where I woke up and the first game was at, I want to say, 10, 30, 11. Mm-hmm. I started on that, and um, I was like, man, I'm going to bet on every game today. It obviously mm-hmm. didn't happen because I probably would have been broke. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I've said this a lot about the, the tournament that's starting. Um, I think there's going to be some upsets because, I mean, plenty of upsets, not just one or two like, oh, you know, you're not going to see Duke dance all the way to the championship game and – whatever play out. I think, I think you could see a couple number one seeds fall, you know, around the six elite eight area. And I, I think it could be in the round of 32. You, yeah. I mean, no, it could, it could. I, I, can I, you, I, I can tell you one game I'm very key on, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to go. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good teams. I mean, especially um, teams that I've watched. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be up front until I started making bets on these games. I didn't really know a team. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I know Loyola Chicago from the MVC, um, right. but I mean, a lot of these conference tournaments, you know, I, I looked at the players, I watched the defense, I, you know, stayed up late, you know, trying to crunch points to make sure I'm going to clear it. And um, yeah, it's going to, as I told my little brother the other day, you know, I think, I think March Madness is going to be an absolute bloodbath. And I don't say that in a negative tone, but I don't think these, these high seeds are just going to be hanging around for long. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm just going to go by, you know, by quadrant here. I'm going to start in the West. Um, I don't think there's any reason to believe Georgia State's going to beat Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I I personally think the eight nine matchup is the this eight nine matchup is the hardest one um, to to grade. I like Memphis to be honest to beat Boise State just because of Memphis, you know, having gone through a pretty tough gauntlet and they've beat some really good teams. Um, I just don't know Boise State has the the firepower um, to keep up. I mean, Memphis is a is a pretty solid defensive team. Yeah. What do you think about that game? Um, I think and I think I mean I, I think I picked Memphis. I, I just it wasn't one of the games that I'm like you know I I don't want to get hung up on a game and get my bracket stuck somewhere. Sure. You know, sure. And, I, and I don't foresee one of those teams winning at all. So it wasn't really no. a hang up for me. I just kind of just picked one i want to say memphis and one of them i've only filled out two brackets i think i've got memphis and one and maybe boise state in the other but don't quote me on that because i'm not sure because honestly well, i didn't see any of them play i didn't watch either of them play i watched memphis play they're a very solid team boise state i think you know they're you know they're they had a couple nice wins they beat san diego state uh three times um they beat or they lost to uh, Colorado State, who is a six seed. Um, so a little bit better team. Um, they actually lost to St. Louis uh, SLU by four. Um, so there there is some there is some good teams that they've played, but Memphis has played by far the harder schedule. And I think that that says a lot. Um you know, is there a game in that in that first round of the West that you are like, I have to watch this game because something could happen? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have a bracket in front of me. Who are the other teams that are playing? Um, I think a, a nice game that I think a lot of people will watch is Davidson, Michigan State. That's yeah. a ten seven matchup that, that I think a, a lot of Davidson. I think a lot of people like Davidson and they could win that game. But it is, I know a lot of people say this, it is Tom Nizzo in March. So um, sometimes, you know, crazy. But that's where you that get, happen. you get those, you get those, those teams that are in these smaller conferences that, that nobody ever plays them and they, they show out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, anything's possible, obviously, but um, I don't think other than that, I mean, I, I think I kept Michigan state on that one, regardless of what Davidson's done, you know, mm-hmm. it's still Michigan state in March. Yeah. And, and look, there's something to be said about the big 10 as well, even though the big 10 traditionally sh- shits the bed in the tournament, I still think this is a different year just because of, you know, how up and down the season was for a lot of the teams in the big 10. I mean, it's a grind. It truly is a gauntlet. Um, Baylor. I'm, I'm moving to the East now that was round one for the West, but Baylor should handle Millfork state. Um <laughs> North Carolina versus Marquette. I, I think people are are probably going to say Marquette, but I, I actually like North Carolina to win that game um, because I think their their recent showing against Duke uh, proves that they can they can play. Yeah. Um, they just have to put it together. Yeah. And I actually think if there's one seed that's going to fall, as I said earlier in the round of 32, I think it's Baylor. I think North Carolina, if they move on, can beat Baylor. I didn't have I, Baylor I going think. that far either. I mean, I think I think the majority of my number ones obviously made it out of the around the third two. Yeah, I know that some of them didn't make it past maybe the elite eight. Uh, like I said, I don't have my bracket pulled up in front of me, but it was. I I told myself going in that that I think that you are going to see a lot of under five um, place teams getting further noise yeah i make some noise is what i was gonna say i mean like i think there's one team that has turned it on recently virginia tech they play you know they're an 11 seed playing six texas i had them i had them beating texas and i think a lot of people will as well i I think the line is only like uh plus two and a half to virginia Tech (laughs) right now which is not a lot considering uh that texas you know, has played in the Big 12, beat Kansas at least once. And, you know, they played well, but I think part of the Texas problem has been offense efficiency. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting game between San Francisco, the Dons, uh, versus Murray State Racers. I, mm-hmm. I like 
I like Murray State. Murray State is uh, a force, and they're coming to the Missouri Valley Conference next year. Which is awesome for, for that conference. I, I think that's a really good fit for them. Um, better competition, in my opinion. Um, and then I, I think that's an interesting game in terms of the fact that San Francisco, San Francisco apparently likes to shoot the three a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is potential for a high-scoring game there. I watched one Murray State game, and that's because they almost got upset by Southeast Missouri State. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, SEMO uh, had, I want to say, 15 to 20-point lead. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this one's going down. And then Murray State, chip, 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 ended up winning it. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think Murray State comes out on top on that one, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that is a true case where it's a trap game in, in terms of stay away from the upset. I don't think it happens. Um, Kentucky should beat their opponent. They're probably one of the better teams in that. I think probably the best team in talent wise in that entire bracket, but we'll see. Um, here's a, the next, the next section is the South Arizona should win. Um, and if they don't, that would be an absolute travesty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got TCU versus Seton hall. Um, I'm actually probably going to take TCU in this game. Yep, me too. I took them. I, I just don't see the Seton Hall Pirates being that good, and I think TCU is 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 better than that. Um, then you've got a very very interesting twelve five in my opinion is UAB versus Houston. I know you uh, Houston is, I think the number four team on Ken Palm rankings, which is extremely good. Um, but something about UAB just is telling me beyond upset alert. I don't know. Did you get that vibe? Um, I didn't really look it's at a, that. It's a 12, it's a 12 five. So the history is there. What's the lines on it though. Is it a, <clears throat> let me pull that up for you. I mean, if it's, if it's, if there's at least like nine and a half, 10 points on it, it's probably, you know, you're going to have to, there's no way I don't take the the upside on that and run with that money. Um, let's see here. Oh man, they mixed in the NIT stuff with. <laughs> uh, Speaking of NIT, Missouri State plays Oklahoma, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, I I think Missouri State could actually win that game. To they, be honest, they actually might. I think that's a very winnable game. Uh, the line is actually eight and a half to Ooh. Houston. To Houston. Uh, to Houston, eight and a half to Houston, mm. and it's the money lines at minus four hundred. Holy smokes! Yeah. Wow. Um, to to give you a, a reference, I think I saw earlier that the line for the Illinois Chattanooga game is minus six and a half uh, to Illinois. So. I think people, I, I'm, people I'm are. Gonna, I'm probably going to take that. Actually, that sounds like easy money. You think they? You think they easily cover the eight and a half? Oh yeah, I would. I would even go with an alternative spread on that. Probably. No, I'm talking wow. about the Illinois game. You think they cover the six and a half against Chattanooga? Yeah, I would. I think there's for some reason when I was watching CBS yesterday, they, there was the a, a guy who was like, "No, I'm taking Chattanooga. I think they take down the Illini." And I'm like, you know, "For the love of God, guy. please, no! I can't handle another heartbreak with Illinois. It just can't." Uh, but that that yeah, I, I I like the I I just think it, historically the twelve five always happens, but I think Houston still wins that game, and I think Illinois still wins their game. Um, interesting game, uh, Michigan versus Colorado State. Colorado State, fuck Michigan. I, I f- agree, fuck that, Michigan. They, they, they should, should not even be in this tournament. That no. was so stupid. No, I totally agree with you. I don't um, care how how tough your conference is. Whenever your your win loss looks like that, get out of here. You yeah, know, I mean, dude, honestly, guys, what frustrates me about the tournament so much? There's so many good quality teams mm-hmm. in other conferences that miss out because you got these these powerful these powerful conferences with decent teams that get in and i mean i would rather see missouri state than michigan to be honest well yeah i mean i think missouri state would put up a fight but i mean missouri state played i think they played byu early on and i mean i think they lost by four 
I mean, it's just uh, it was a little bit more than that because I got the bet right. <laughs> no, that, no, it was close. It was like four. yeah, it was it was a close game. I agree, but I just know that I got the bet right. So well, I'll pull it up when we're done here and check it out. But no, it was. Um, I mean, it sucks because you know you're missing out on some good quality teams, especially that I saw in the conference and the conference games that you're like, man, they probably deserve to be in there, and they're not because you're getting Michigan in there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. I think it's a, it honestly is a waste. Um, actually, the spread was only minus one and a half, and they ended up losing by six. Who? Uh, Missouri State to BYU. Oh, I know it was close. Yeah, I mean six is. I, I will give you that. Six. Well, that's is that's free throws close. at the end of a game. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, so I, I actually like Colorado State in that game too. I think Michigan is on a downward spiral. They shouldn't even be in. And I'm not even sure their motivation will be there to say, oh yeah, we belong. Because even if they win, they're not going to beat Tennessee. So it doesn't matter. Um, Loyola, Chicago, Ohio State. Upset, upset coming. Loyola think so? is a hard-ass team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, based off of last year, I think anybody is probably saying I do not want them to be in my bracket, at least for that first opening game. You you think they beat Ohio State though? Definitely. That team is good. That it team is, is good. Yeah. I think I think I think one of the the Missouri State, Loyola, you and I, or um Drake could have easily been in this tournament and made it out of that first round. I guarantee it. I, I know Loyola will most likely just walk all over Ohio State. You think it's going to be reminiscent of how they kind of early on took it to Illinois last year? I didn't – dude, this is the first year that I've actually put dedication into – Oh, my gosh. But, yes, the team is good. The team is good, and I think that – I think I've got them either going to – I think I've got them going to the Sweet 16. I can't recall, but – and that's just yeah. that's a Homer MVC stuff. I just know the team is, you know, really good. It's solid. They're a solid squad. I mean, that means if, if you're taking them to the Sweet 16, that means they're beating Villanova as well, mm, which no. which will be very difficult to do but, that. But ah, move along. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. All right. Um, Kansas is going to take care of their game. There shouldn't be any reason that Texas Southern or Texas A&M Corpus Christi beats them. Uh, Creighton, San Diego State. Good game, in my opinion. I think Creighton. I give it to Creighton yep. as well. Um, Iowa, Richmond. Iowa. I think, yeah, Iowa should win that game. Um, here's an interesting game, and I know you and I follow the same betting people, um, and I know somebody, uh, Krabs, mentioned this earlier today. He originally put out his number or his bet for South Dakota State at plus two and a half, um, but everybody is on South Dakota State right now. And he, I don't know if he changed it, but does that impact your your way of looking at South Dakota State versus Providence? No, uh, Providence doesn't impress me. I'll be honest with you. Um, they, they've been getting lucky recently. Yeah, I don't think I took them. I, I may have, but but I, I don't. It was just one of those games where I'm like, eh, you know, it could go either way. But Providence doesn't impress me. They definitely have some nice wins on their on their resume. I mean, Texas Tech by four. Uh, they won at UConn by four. They won at Wisconsin by five. Beat Xavier twice. Beat Marquette and beat Creighton. So there's definitely nice wins on there. It's just, are they? You know, can they sustain it? Can you do it? Um, That's the important thing. And I think right. I think you're going to run into a lot of these teams that are people like, who the hell is this? Right walking in and taking names right um so that's that's definitely a game to keep your eye on uh iowa state lsu um i have iowa state i think with their the coaching head coaching drama i think lsu is going to be in a a bad state of mind i didn't think about that but at the same time i that team has impressed me recently yeah Uh, but no you're right i mean but it could it could loosen them up a little bit more and push out some games, but you're right. That, yeah. that probably comes into play, you know, if not in that first round, mm-hmm. second round, definitely. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, excuse me, Wisconsin and Colgate. Um, I think there's a lot of talk about Colgate potentially hanging around in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm just not seeing it, but. Every, you- every team will give you a half. Every team will give you a half 
where you think it could happen, but you know, basketball is 40 minutes. It's just, it's just not possible sometimes. Yeah, no. I, and I think I agree with that as well. I, I definitely have Wisconsin winning that game. It, even if it is close, I still have Wisconsin winning uh, Miami USC. Uh, I got USC. This one's a tough game for me because I think I want to take Miami um, just because I know that they played well in the ACC and USC, I don't think played as nearly as well as they could have. Um, they have some good wins. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a really tough one. Um, let me look here. Last game, obviously Auburn versus Jacksonville state. So I'm not going to go through everything else. I think that first round. So, okay, let's, let's break it down. Who do you got in your final four? Um, if I had to be completely honest, I, I have Gonzaga from the West. I think they have a very, very easy path to their, at least their regional championship game. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just, I'm kind of along the same lines as you where, um, there might be an upset that brews around down in that lower part of the region, um, where that title game or the regional championship game maybe not be so tough for them. Um, and that just highlights the importance of being the number one overall seed. Um, from the East, I think I took Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think again, talent wise, in my opinion, I think they're the, the most talented team in this, in this region. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they have were playing up until the tournament um, just really impressed me. I think they could really, really run with the best of the teams. So I'm going to take Kentucky out of the East, um, out of the South. I, I have, I, as much as I want to be a homer and pick Illinois, it's not the smart play. Uh, I'm taking Arizona. Okay. Um, I think a lot of me wants to also take Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, just on their recent play, but I'm taking Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of the Midwest, um, I will take – I'm going to take – I'm going to take um, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I think they – like I said, I, I even though they may get a test with Colgate, I think they flip the script. They play – they have the easiest path to a Sweet 16 I've ever seen in my life. But after they get done with Colgate, they have to face one of Iowa State or LSU, which is not on Wisconsin's level, um, not even close. So I really think that they could easily forge their way into, into uh, a Sweet 16 matchup um, with either – Am I at this point, the way I kind of laid it out is either Miami or Auburn and Auburn is one of the weakest two seeds in this, in this entire bracket. They're very fragile right now. I think a lot of people like them because of their guard play, but they're very, very fragile. Um, So I actually, in some brackets that I've made actually will take uh, Miami or USC to beat Auburn and set up a, a game with Wisconsin. Cause I just don't, I don't trust Auburn. And I think uh, Brendan Schaefer would be the first person to tell you that oh. actually. So I'm going to take Wisconsin. So I have Gonzaga playing Kentucky, Arizona playing Wisconsin. Um, and I have Gonzaga and Arizona facing off. Oh, that's just, that's I'm chalk. It's chalk. Call it chalk for all it is, but it's the smart play. So you're ready for mine. Yeah. I've got Gonzaga. And Kentucky okay. playing. Wow. Imagine that. And then I've got – no, I mean, I can pull up my brackets and show no, you. No, 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 I'm not I'm just I've got, saying. I've got – you ready for this other side? If you tell me Illinois, I'm going to slap you. Tennessee and Iowa. I I can see it. I Honestly, I can see it. I could see – and I'm assuming you would have Tennessee beating Iowa. Yep, and I've got Tennessee winning in one bracket and Kentucky winning in the other bracket. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I, I could see, I honestly, like I said earlier, I, I could see Tennessee coming out of, uh, out of the uh, South region based on their recent performances. Um, that means, do you have Tennessee beating Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. That that's, I mean, they, they have played, they played earlier this year and Tennessee beat them. I think by a couple. There's um, going to be an upset somewhere bigger than we can 
imagine. Well, and I th- and I think you, but I think you're kind of pinpointing it with Iowa getting to where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know if that's recency bias, but I but, that's but they've been playing very hot. well. They they were the really right hot. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Illinois at Illinois, but they probably should have won that game. You know um, what? You know what team I think can really make a run, and that's because it's close to home, and if they can break out of their neutral area their neutral site sorry their neutral site games that they've been freaking screwing up who i'd like to see them make a run and i know it's painful for me to say this because there's so many of them that follow me (laughs) is i'd I'd like to see arkansas make a deep run i think that team has a lot of talent but they've got issues on the neutral site yeah they and they have a pretty in my opinion a pretty easy path to sweet 16 as well they play vermont which i think they win um then they either play new mexico state or yukon and i think yukon is not that good um i think they're over i would i shouldn't say overrated but i just don't think they're as good as as what people want to believe um so I, I could see it, it you know, they have, they would have to play, a, you know, almost a perfect game against Gonzaga though. And have to, and honestly, they would have to get lucky towards the bottom of the end. Did you see the Creighton game the other day? No, no. Who was it? There was a game the other day that I had money on and the dudes could not hit a bucket. They went, <clears throat> they went like two for 23 behind the three point line. Was it Illinois? Because that's yeah, kind of how they felt Illinois. recently. It wasn't Illinois. It was, <laughs> I think it was Creighton. Nice. I don't know. I was heated because I was like, man, you guys would be stomping a mud hole in them. Well, here's the thing. Illinois, uh, if they play their game, there's not a lot of teams that's going to beat them because they, they either feed Kofi on the inside or they shoot the lights out from three and they just beat you that way. Yeah. The, their problem is, is they get in their, their own way. Yeah. So if they can avoid that, um, I honestly could see them, like I said, I could see them in the Sweet 16 playing Arizona, and that would be a heck of a rematch because Arizona came to Illinois earlier in the season and I think beat them by five, and it was a close game. And as you said earlier, it comes down to free throws, and that's really what it came down to. Yep. Well, I I know we're probably – we're about to close up shop anyways, but – um, <clears throat> we've already made our picks on the on the March Madness brackets, but one thing that's interesting—I don't think it'll play out. Somebody will screw it up. But in the NIT, Slew's on one side and Missouri State's on the other. Could you imagine that? Hell yeah! It's a super long shot, but that'd I be, want it. That'd be so cool. I think I want it. I want it. But I want it. Let's make it happen. Let's make what do, a we, phone what do call. we do? Let's put a phone call in. Let's put a phone call. In. Listen, buddy. <laughs> I got, I got two dollars to make this happen. Well, if we had, if we had that kind of power, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, let's close up shop for the night since we are, uh, well, we're an hour and fifteen in. Well, for the people, man. For the people. What's it's, that mean? I, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that we get to do this again. And now that the season's starting, you know, we're gonna be energized and ready to talk some some real cardinal baseball and you know tito thursdays is going to be a thing um you know i'm just excited it's a it's a good time i love i love this time of year oh absolutely well guys if you guys want to listen to the turn into podcast subscribe on itunes google podcasts spotify until next time how about them cardinals Woo.